0: Welcome to the Business Trend Center podcast, where we talk about trends and how to grow your business. My name is Manny Turan. And I'm Adam Hartum. We are Spark Partners. We are here at the end of 2022. And looking back at this this year, Adam, we've done a lot of talking about a lot of things, but all of them have to do with growing your business. And so those really stem from the, the idea of looking at your customers, understanding them. And of course, the conversations around trends and bias and lots of other things. So as discussed earlier, why don't we go back and forth here to talk a little bit about some of our favorite podcasts. And then what I'd like to do is I'd like to kind of go through uh, kind of a listing of what we've talked about and uh, and kind of volley back and forth a couple of things from some of these podcasts. So uh, why don't you go first with your favorite podcast of
1: Oh, no, I'm turning this one on you, Manny. You're going to go first this time. I always go first.
0: All right. Fair enough. Well, in looking at what we've talked about this year, I mean, we've really gone from talking about the environment, talking about uh, these things uh, with with Facebook and Meta, what's happened there. You know, we've gone and and had lots of things regarding the Ukrainian invasion. There's a lot to unpack here, really. And we've had some really good uh, conversations with uh, some of our guests and I would say one of my favorite ones has to do with the the interview we did with with my friend uh, Mark Barris, who runs Flying Leap uh, Vineyards. I just thought that that conversation was was open and and uh, sort of um, he came in bearing all, uh, but ultimately, because of his thinking, he's going to grow his business. And I don't know, I just thought it was a really good conversation with Mark, and uh, felt as though. It's a good representation of the way that small business and medium-sized business owners should be thinking. Um, and it also very much aligned with the, the things that we talked about. So that's my, I would say that's one of my favorite from from 2022.
1: Well, I agree with you because um, what he demonstrated was that regardless of where you live, if you're an entrepreneur and you want to be successful, you look around at big trends and figure out how to leverage those big trends. I, I would never have said, hey, I want to be a winemaker in Tucson, Arizona. That would never have occurred to me. But he, he was able to see the growth of the, of, uh, the spirits industry, the growth of the be- uh, wine beverage industry. And then he saw an, an open hole where there were very few local producers in Arizona which to me seems totally natural. And he went in and he filled that hole. And so he took advantage of a couple of big trends. He found a geographic location where he could grow grapes and he could make wine. And and then he found a distribution capability to the domestic market there in Arizona. All of those just demonstrating how you're not a victim of where you are. There's opportunities around you every place. It's just a matter of knowing the trends and then figuring out which ones you want to leverage
0: agreed you know one of the things I like about that conversation as well had to do with the fact that you know Adam and I here we talk a lot about trends about where things are going we have all these discussions and and in our discussions we don't really talk about the value delivery aspect uh, very much we talk about the value generating value and, and growing that value and spreading the words about the value but very little about value uh, delivery which is the manner in which you deliver your value and so that was really good because it didn't, that particular conversation showcased the fact that having a supreme efficient value delivery system is like the ante to play the game, right? You've <laughs> got to have that. And, and so the, the reason that Adam and I sort of disregard this is because it's like everybody should be focused on doing that already. Now it's a matter of where are you going to be putting the, the, the energy of the company
1: uh, once you've got all the, the bases covered. Do you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. We take it as, you know, the ante, as you said, it's the ante to play. Uh, But there are still a lot of people out there that don't put enough energy into getting their value delivery system right. And uh, you can't live on strategy alone, even though strategy is crucially important. You've got to be able to execute.
0: I totally agree. All right. So what about you? Which one of your favorite podcasts from uh, 2022?
1: I believe there was a recognition back in the the second quarter of of just how badly the government misjudged reopening the economy from the pandemic. Um, it was uh, this <laughs> the sense of uh, that we could, uh, that we're going to say, oh, the pandemic's over and uh, everything would be back to normal in a, in 30 days without a real recognition of how business works, how businesses operate, what it took to shut down so many businesses for two years during the pandemic and what it would take to get them reopened, what it would take to get that inventory back into shore, to get the factories going again. It was just sort of like, uh, you know, they, they thought... So many people in in policy positions thought they could flip a switch and uh, and and it would all be fine. And I want to put my my favorite person to hate at the top of this, and that's Larry Summers. Um, I do have graduate, an MBA from Harvard Business School, and Larry Summers was president of Harvard University, and I think he's just a supreme butthole. Um, he'll do anything to get on television and say anything to get on television. And he lives totally to try to be in a, a place of power. And, uh, and, and he demonstrates that economists can say almost anything and talk out of all eight sides of their mouth at the same time. He tried to to say that what should happen, you know, that, that he was this genius because by, by handing people money during the pandemic when they would have starved to death without a little public assistance, you were going to create inflation and that was going to be the death knell for the economy. And yeah. he thinks patting himself on the back all the time now about that. The reality is if we hadn't given people money, we would have fallen into the great, great depression again. That was horrible. If anybody goes back and look at what happened in the late twenties and thirties, it was just a ter- terrible situation where thousands of people starved to death in the United States. One in three people were out of work women were not allowed to work. It was a terrible situation. And it's almost like Larry Summers wishes we had been doing, we'd done that. And the reality is that then the second part of it is this assumption that we can use monetary policy to solve all problems. So, oh, oh my gosh, well, you know, we're going to use monetary policy handing out money to make people buy. Well, okay, when when the, the, uh, the pandemic ends, we're going to use monetary policy again. So we get Jerome Powell looking at this, the problem, which is a supply chain problem and saying, oh, Oh my gosh, we've got inflation, so I am going to jack interest rates from zero to five percent over the course of a few months. All of it due to the supply chain. I think we recognized early in the second quarter that the policy people in the government had not recognized what it took to get the to get the wheels spinning again, that domestically spinning again, and globally, especially in China, where they'd shut down the economy entirely and had gone to a you know a zero COVID policy that kept people from working. There's just no recognition, and, and I think we spotted that in the second quarter and said, you know, this is going to be problematic. I, I didn't assume that Jerome Powell would end up being the second biggest idiot that we have out there and thinking that he could solve supply chain problems by raising interest rates and throwing the country and maybe the whole world into a, to a recession. But hey, then again, guy loves power. He wouldn't be the head of the Federal Reserve. So, he, you know, he, he'd be more than happy to be the next great recession creator, I guess. But I think looking back on the second quarter, that was that was a turning point in yeah. the economy. It was something we saw and something we said, like, you can start predicting on this. And, you know, we started saying then, live like you're in a recession. Live like you're in a recession because this isn't going to stop unless they get rid of Jerome Powell. He's going to jack these rates way up and he's going to make life difficult for business people.
0: Agreed. And, you know, in looking at some of the, the conversations that we had over this past year, Adam, one of the things that I think is really, really important for our listeners and viewers to understand is that, you know, we are doing this looking forward for you. We're doing this for us as well as business owners. But primarily the reason we do this podcast is to showcase to uh, the, the very astute, very intrepid business owner that there are clues you can find today that will help you map out what you need to do tomorrow. I mean, I'm looking across. I mean, this is uh, we, we did over uh, 48, actually almost 50 uh, podcasts this year. And you know each one of them was full of a lot of information that you could use as a business owner to make the right decision. Uh, we're not saying that we're soothsayers here with a uh, a, a cup full of tea. you, you know we're using it to read the future, but we are finding a lot of clues by opening our eyes and looking at, at the way things are happening against the backdrop of trends and against the backdrop of understanding your customers. Uh, one of the other ones that I really liked a lot is um, actually, when it it came down to the conversations about the stock market uh, falling down right a lot of people were making these decisions based on what they heard from a few of these uh, pontificators <laughs> and at the end of the day you know there's a lot of things <laughs> that can happen with the stock market and you know again we're not financial planners but just being aware of what's happening with the rest of the world will make your job as a business leader, leader easier
1: um, so, what's another one that you like uh, from from this year, Adam? I think when we focused in on the big trends that are going to affect people for the next decade, and we took a real hard look, the two were dem- demographics and um, uh, the the electrification, or uh, you know, the the, the environment. Um, and and on the demographic side, I think we we hit it hard early, and we've brought it up several times know, Jerome Powell keeps saying, hey, you know, I'm going to geese up on interest rates when I see unemployment go up or when I quit seeing the demand for jobs outstrip the unemployment. And he, he's just completely ignorant of the fact that there's just not enough people. Uh, we're going to, you know, you can throw this economy into a recession. There's still not going to be enough people. If you talk to anyone in retail this Christmas season, the number one problem in retail is they couldn't hire people to work in the stores. And uh, Again, that's because they're trying to pay people 15 $16 an hour, which is not a livable wage. But it gets back to the fact that there are opportunities, people can go elsewhere, they don't have to work for dirt, they can actually go find better jobs, because there's just not enough young people. So I think getting trying to get people to understand that this demographic situation is here for another decade, and there are not going to be any way to get enough people quickly. Uh, immigration in the United States exacerbates the problem, meaning the lack of immigration, the immigration laws create a problem because we don't have enough people doing the jobs. And I think getting people to really start to recognize that, hey, don't look at the Federal Reserve, don't look at some of the traditional benchmarks, the reality is, is that it's going to be forever hard. I mean, for the next decade, it will be very hard to hire people. So if you want to grow your business, you're going to have to start looking at ways to do it other than the old fashioned, just throw bodies at it because the bodies just aren't there.
0: Yeah. And that comes with that, that smarts that we talked about. I, you know, I like to use analogies and people that, that know me very well know that I use them quite a bit. And you know, I think that some of the things that we provide in this podcast is, is like if you're going on a a multi-day hike and you're going up into the mountains, and you know, you you might have a map in in your hand, you might have some understanding of the um you know the weather situation, but I think what we provide is is really that 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 missing piece of what are the other elements that are happening in the world that are going to provide uh, either a, a positive or neg- negative experience if you're going on that hike. Is there going to be you know, a pack of, of wild wolves out there that you don't know about. Is there going to be uh, is your food going to run out or is the, the spring that you thought is going to give you water going to be dry? You know, we talked about the economy. We talked about the environment. Um, you know, I really like the way we tracked what was happening with Elon Musk, uh, you know, through the year here. We, we with his contemplation of buying Twitter to then buying Twitter. To then uh, some of the things happening within Tesla and then sort of bringing it back full circle to what he just did, which is uh, to announce that, you know, to in this publicly traded company, of course, that uh, they might be uh, going into bankruptcy. There's that that looming possibility, which, of course, again, what you said earlier was just mind blowing.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's unfortunate that here as we enter 2023, there's still this view among too many people of CEOs as uh as the leaders of the world, you know, and hero he CEOs, that kind of a thing. Um, great organizations move beyond their CEOs. They're more successful. Look at Apple, what it did after Jobs passed away and, you know, it's, it's continued to be a really good company. And too many CEOs are starting to think of themselves as great leaders and not think enough about what it takes to have a uh, a sustainable organization built on trends that can keep adapting and growing. And Musk is a good example. And, you know, I was a very early supporter of Tesla. They sold every car they made. I saw they had tremendous opportunity. Uh, They were building on trends that customers had for what they wanted out of their cars. And Tesla was really building on it at a time when none of the auto companies, from General Motors to Ford to Toyota to Honda to to BMW to Porsche or, or Mercedes-Benz. None of them were doing anything and they were out there in the market early with it. And I thought that was great work. But then what happened was I think over the years and, and we started seeing this transition. And in 2022, we just saw a complete change, you know, in, in this guy who was running the company and, and he seems to become totally self-absorbed. He's uh, not thinking about how does he grow uh, his, his shareholder value. Um, there's a, he, there's a way too much talk right now about, you know, he spent a lot too, the, Musk spent too much time on Twitter talking about whether that Twitter is going to survive and, and he keeps dumping these really dumb comments like, oh, there's supply chain problems in, in, uh, in Tesla and it could cause the company to go bankrupt. I mean, five years ago, if we go back before uh, the Trump administration, um, if a CEO of a corporation made a statement like that, it'd be sanctioned by the SEC. Um, Furthermore, boards of directors just would have sat down with the CEO and said, listen, you know, you can't talk that way. Then now CEOs are just saying really ridiculous things. I think that's bad for investors because you don't know who to listen to. You don't know how to, you know, what's going to really happen in the organization. It's particularly bad in the case of Tesla and SolarCity and and the Boring Company and Twitter where you've got a CEO that's just sort of ramming running his mouth off without any thoughts about what the implications are for what he's trying to say. And I'm hopeful, not hopeful, I wish that we had more accountability for boards of directors so that they would sit CEOs down and say, look, you can't say this stuff. But there is no accountability on boards. Companies can go to pot. They can have horrible things happen Look like at what happened at Yahoo. You know, you can look at failures all over the place. And nobody on a board of directors ever goes to jail. None of them ever pull money out of their own pocket. And so it's increasingly important that we as investors and as competitors in the marketplace understand what's happening. Don't rely on the board to tell you. Don't rely on the CEO to be honest. Because all we're yeah. seeing is these CEOs, uh, hey, we just watched it in terms of Chapek taking over at Disney and then getting, you know, uh, Iger came in and, and and undermined his protege and got him thrown out so that Iger could take over again. You no, know, that's more like kingdom politics. I feel mean, like I'm watching The Crown or something it's like that. like
0: a banana that. republic politics.
1: It here. is. It is. It's not people running corporations with looking out for the best interest of shareholders. Uh, it's CEOs that are looking out for themselves, trying to figure out how to line their own pocket, and often saying things that are in their own best interest. And once again, it puts it back on us as investors and business people to say, what's really going to happen in these companies? What, what are the trends? What are the behavior sets of the customers? What can I anticipate happening? And don't listen to the CEO. Don't expect them to tell you what's going to happen. It's going to be up to you to figure it out.
0: Yeah, and that actually brings me to one of the other topics that I really enjoyed us uh, discussing over the the year, uh, and that has to do with uh, with bias. You know, as uh, as human beings, we tend to want to surround ourselves with people that are just like us, and um, you know, going to tell us how amazing we are and this and that. But as as good business people, it is our our duty, our mission to uh, to make our company succeed, and in doing so we need to fill our uh, either professional or personal board of directors with people that do not agree with us necessarily that are not like us that have a different viewpoint and this is extremely hard for business people to do because of the nature of the dna of many business people is they're hard drivers they're bulldozers and uh, a bulldozer doesn't want to have to deal with a with a big boulder in the way nah, but you know what sometimes you you want to do that you want to uh, you know, line your uh, your path with people that aren't going to agree with you because you're going to be able to produce a better path that will encompass a, a much wider audience. And so, I really liked how we, in about four or five of these podcasts, we kind of went down in the, into the weeds with respect to bias. Um, well,
1: you know, people oftentimes uh, they want to go do something new, and then they'll have everybody around them on the project are similar to them. And so there's nobody there that could say, what would be an alternative way to go forward or what are some of the risks? That's what you're trying to say here, I think. And I'm always telling people, why wouldn't you bring somebody in to be part of the discussion who has a very different approach? You know, because you want somebody that could help you either see the risks or see the opportunities through a new lens. And it, it it strikes me at how infrequently I see that happen. <laughs> you know it, as much as we encourage folks to, to reach out and get alternative viewpoints as to what they're doing the, 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 the how comfortable it feels to have somebody reinforce your bias just overwhelms them and they're not ready to take the risk that somebody might say, "Oh well, you know, might want to think about a different approach here."
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think that um, it's one of the hardest lessons that that I've learned uh, in running my own business. Um, You know, when I had my previous business as Tara, I grew up very quickly. And at at a certain time, we were faced with uh, essentially a growth stall, which is one thing we talk about here on the podcast. And I wasn't aware of growth stall. This is years before I met you, Adam. And, uh, you know, I filled, uh, I had a board of directors, we sat around a table, and many of them were... Very successful in the corporate world, not necessarily in the high-growth startup world, and and so the the professional opinion for them was from them was for me to to quote unquote go back and stick with my core, you know, and, and rather than go into where the market was going and people were asking for us to do work in, they were like, focus on your core, stick with your core. And by doing so, by sticking with my core, listening to people that were just like me, I ended up having to close that business down. One of the hardest lessons I learned, but one of the ones that is the reason that I'm here, because I don't want people to ever have to face what I did in, in taking my, the company that I grew f- from scratch and putting a bullet in its head, which at the end of the day was a very merciful act, but <laughs> it was not a very pleasant one for me.
1: Well, I think the Fang stocks went to pot in 2022 uh, after many years of doing well, Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, Google, and also Microsoft uh, had done quite well. And then we saw that market crater in 2022 and people questioned what's going to happen in 2023. And I think when we went back in the third quarter and we took a look at what had happened at Meta, uh, it was very helpful you know, to say, wait a minute, most of these companies, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, Google, Microsoft are seeing growing revenues. Their growth rate may not be as great year over year as it has been in some previous years, but we're looking at quarter to quarter growth, looking at quarter over year last year, quarter to quarter growth everywhere except Facebook and meaning meta, everywhere but meta. And the the point there was to recognize that um, the leadership by focusing so hard on the meta universe, thinking about the next big thing they wanna do in meta, they were not sufficiently managing the original core business, the ad business. They weren't doing enough to keep it competitive with other people that were in the marketplace and thereby they had seen their revenue start to slip which means that they've got to be really successful in terms of what happens in meta. If they, they got to prove that that's a real market, they, the metaverse, they so have got to prove that the products they have are going to sell, that there's some some golden applications out there that will bring people in. They, they've got to prove that now because they they've let themselves slip into a growth stall. So helping people understand why it's more risky to be investing in meta than the others and to realize that probably a lot of the tech stocks are oversold um, in, in 2022, they just had such a fantastic run for a decade that, uh, when people had a chance to get out the door, they did. And even though the stock was dropping, people were still, you know, oftentimes multiples ahead, you know, 200, 300% of the price they originally paid. And, uh, but, but, you know, I thought I saw hanging around on all, of them was pretty good with the exception of meta. And that one was just much riskier because of the growth stall.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I also enjoyed the we have the the tendency to I mean, we're not political per se, um, but we do sometimes cut pretty close to the bone. Um, and there was a conversation at one of the, the uh, podcasts we had very early in the year about Peloton and about Bitcoin. And so that one in particular, with respect to crypto at least, we've talked about that a number of times this year, and uh, you know you've been uh, extremely open about your, uh, your 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 thoughts on on crypto. Uh, I've been historically more in, in the middle, but I think now, after what happened with FTX, it's pretty clear that uh, the uh, the cryptocurrency um, framework is is nothing more than a fad. And until it gains gains some real traction with with governments, it's not going to go anywhere. So I really enjoy the fact that we we've talked about that and have been extremely uh, uh,
1: bearish about the situation
0: that. Uh, it really gives people uh, some food for
1: thought. Yeah, we started twenty twenty two with Sam Brinkman freed uh, running this company, FTX, and he's handing out millions of dollars in, uh, in, in to lobbyists, and he's giving it to politicians, and he's running around telling everybody the, the future of cryptocurrency is the future of the world, and, and and he got a lot of media, and he's handing out a lot of money, which helps him get a lot of media, and 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 that's where I think we can help our the people we work with, like, hey, you and I aren't on NBC, you know, talking to people. We're just trying to say this is the way the world's going to go. If you if you act like Sam Brinkman fried you get a lot of publicity. And then pretty soon the people in journalism start thinking, well, maybe it's true. Maybe what he's saying is true because, hey, there's a lot of people repeating what he's saying. I'm not thinking through the fact that, hey, the reason the politicians are saying this is good is because they're getting millions, literally millions in donations for their their uh, PACs. Um, and well, so no, maybe this guy's the greatest thing in the world. And then I think it was last week, Manny. You sent me a a, a, a picture of uh of Sam Brigham Fried and Frieden that said, you know, FTX, the biggest fraud of all time. Um it's a long way to drop, but hey, it was all very anticipatory. You know, we could see it coming. We knew what was going to happen. There was never a basis or a foundation for this whole crypto world to be to to be built upon. Um, and so it, 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 but it never ceases to amaze me how folks spend too much time just looking at that at the high level headlines and yeah. not doing their own assessment, not paying attention and saying, well, is there any there there? Or is this just a bunch of journalists who don't know any better uh, repeating something that they've heard more than once?
0: Yeah, the whole idea of the the media and kind of where it's gone over the over the years is just it makes me want to shake my head. You know, we did talk about uh, CNN plus how that went to uh, went to pot. Mm -hmm. Uh, We did talk about, um, you know, things happening with um, with the king, the installation of the king. That was an interesting podcast as well. You know, we do talk a lot about these things happening in the in the world because we feel as though we're presenting these to you as uh, as information for you to make decisions on your business. We did talk about uh, strategic pivots and why they're important and how to, how to actually do them. We talked about Roe versus Wade. I mean, we've gone through a lot of conversations that, that in hindsight really have, uh, have had a lot of uh, a big impact on our, our viewers and our listeners. I've had several people come up to me that I know and discuss and, and tell me how, how, uh, how, how a big change that they made in, in, a, in their business was driven by stuff that we talk about. So it's those moments that make this all worthwhile. We also had that really cool uh, seminar, the, uh, the Growth versus Grit there, Growth Takes Grit seminar. That was really good. Um, what do you think about the, uh, we had a conversation regarding um, forecasting 2023. We also talked about, um, you know, what's, what it takes to grow your company, strategic planning, I mean, what should these companies be doing right now uh, with respect to 2023 and, uh, and how can we help
1: them? I think you should be recognizing that 2023 will not be worse than 2022 probably. Um, again, When I say worse, what do we really look at? Mostly we're looking at, do most people have a job? Some kind of a job. You know, I can remember back the, the era of the late seventies and early eighties when we had inflation rates at 12 and 13 percent. We went all the way to 18, but we, you know, we curved it back down to 10, 12 percent and we had unemployment rates of eight, nine percent, right? And that was what we called stagflation. The economy wasn't going anywhere. Inflation was really high. That was a horrible situation to be in. Um, and there's, that's not what we're in today. Today, because the demographics are very different, we've got um, the economy is pretty sound. We've got more people looking for workers than we have workers. There's plenty of opportunities. You don't have to retire at 65 if you're willing to go do something. There's still jobs out there. Um, In monetary policy, which was desperately needed in the 80s to fix the stagflation problem is not the answer for the next year or the next five years. So what's going to happen is we'll probably continue to see Interest rates higher than 0%, but hey, 0% was pretty unusual and had never seen that in, in the economy before. And so the fact that we went through this eight years of very, very low interest rates, that's, that's the, the abnormal part of it. Now we're up to four and a half percent. Hey, I, like I said, I, could, most of my working career, four and a half percent would have been a dream because I had interest rates that were eight, nine, 10, 12%. So four and a half percent looks, still looks pretty low to a guy like me in terms of a federal funds rate. Um, and 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 I think that's where we'll continue but it. But the biggest thing is, you're not still going to it's not going to break the back of labor. Uh, we're not going to be sitting there seeing all of a sudden high high numbers of unemployed able to go hire people at any price now. No, and that's just, it's a different world today. Uh, look for automation, look for artificial intelligence, look for ways to try to keep growing your business. Uh, and, you know, the fact that you're going to pay four, four, you know, that the Fed fund rate is going to be four and you're going to have to pay six and a half, something like that. Or, you know, maybe it comes down to five for you because interest rates, Feds, fall, funds fall to three think that's the way it's probably going to be. And it's probably going to be that way for a couple of years yet. Um, the stock market will probably continue its rotation, but infrastructure for all the money that we're throwing at it now, uh, you know, we're not building new highways, we're repairing old highways. And so that's not where the growth is. The growth is going to continue to be in new forms of technology. And so uh, looking at biopharmaceuticals, uh, growth in new solutions to uh, illness, uh, changes in healthcare all of that will be added, aided by improved technology in terms of electronics and in terms of artificial intelligence. So there's going to be a lot of opportunities to grow. And I just keep trying to tell people, are you using that in your business? You know, are you flipping burgers by hand or can you put a machine on it? Uh, now's the time to be thinking about those things.
0: Fully agree. And I think this is a good time to you know, invite our listeners and viewers to, to reach out to us. If you want the copy of that uh, Trend Report 2030, which outlines the top 66 trends that are happening right now for the rest of the decade. I think the number one thing that I would say to that same question, Adam, is uh, with respect to how to grow your business. First of all, if you're not growing, you're dying. Right, we've <laughs> yeah. talked about why it's important to grow. Uh, secondarily, it's really aligning your business with emerging trends. I would say that's 90% of what we talk about here and how important that is, how nuanced it is, but how massively powerful that is. And then understanding your customers and and not going with the uh the sort of the top level understanding of these customers but really diving deep. You know, I remember that conversation we had very early on to our podcast uh from the very beginning we interviewed the gentleman that had the uh um the uh, storage unit um uh, I'm sorry the uh um, container the container, the container yeah the container house thing, and we, you know we asked him about uh what kind of customer validation he got, and he goes, "Well, I went and talked to a hundred people, and turns out that uh, you know eighty percent of those people were actually his buddies on Facebook, and you don't want to get that kind of uh, pat on the back because it's not your true customers that right. was one one interesting conversation for sure,
1: right. Right? It's easy easy to get your friends to tell you you're, you're doing the right thing. <laughs> they don't want to tell you you're not. Um, and uh, he, he had no value proposition. He was just had an idea, uh, and he hadn't really figured out where he was going to take it. Um, again, I want to come back. I think 2023. Yeah, you know, when we had the Great Recession of 2008, we had people out there that had built whole housing developments that were just air, right? That half-built homes and all done on these uh, these, these uh, loan programs. Things were bad things were bad. We had a, too much uh, too many homes, too many half built homes. Uh, the great we've seen a, in the 1970s, 1980s we had the runaway inflation and the stagflation, that is not where we are today. We are not there. And if you're scared of the economy, I mean kind of like wake up because there's been some really bad economies uh, in the last 40 years. This is not one of them. This is still a good time to go out there and invest but invest in trends. If you invest in the trends, you know, like I always say, it's like putting your canoe in a river. If you're in the trends, you just go downstream. It's a lot easier to do. Just make sure you're investing in trends and not trying to defend and extend some old business model.
0: Yeah. And this is uh, also a good call for uh, our, our viewers as well and listeners that, you know, we do have some tools at Spark Partners that will help you to actually identify which one of these rivers, if you will, to put your canoe in. Uh, there's lots of things you can unpack with respect to um, how to guide your business through these things. And uh, some of these things are very unconventional wisdom. I love unconventional wisdom. It's one of my favorite things to, to really learn about. And it's all over the place, but it's really an understanding of, especially you know, stemming from your background, Adam, looking at these 12,000 case studies and and as we've progressed in building our, our course, Think Innovation and our other course, Unlock Growth. How there's tools out there that you can actually integrate into your business, you know the idea of strategic planning. That's a, that's definitely a jack in the box, right? Everybody says, "All right, they spend all this time and money doing their st- strategic planning, and all they're doing is looking in that rearview mirror, and then they're taking that beautiful tome of uh, of that they've created, and they're putting it on the shelf." And so, in our course, and what we talk about, you know, we give you the true way of actually creating that that plan. That will take into consideration the true strategy based on trends and what the customers want. Um, so, with that, Adam, what what final words you have for our uh, our audience, and uh, we can wrap up this uh, not only this podcast but uh, 2022
1: in uh, in a strong way. If people are still struggling. To figure out what it is they need to do next they should just call us we're more than happy to sit down talk to them about their skills or strengths and the marketplace and how to match those up for growth Um, if you don't see the path yourself that's what we're here for
0: absolutely and you can reach out to us at adam at sparkpartners.com and manny Y at sparkpartners.com with that adam it's been a pleasure uh, this year really shining light on so many areas uh, for business growth, and I'm happy to to uh, to be working with you. And with that, Adam, have a wonderful uh, rest of the year. Take care. Thank you, Manny. Cheers.